Hey, TYT, I'm Nomi Konst. We are here in Wisconsin covering the amazing politics happening on the ground in reaction to the far-right uh, Ayn Rand free market principles that have been taking on unions and workers and uh, the basis for what you know progressivism is. Uh, we're with one of the gubernatorial candidates, and say I say one of because... I think we're now up to like 1,200 candidates yeah, 20, in this 000. race. <laughs> 20,000 candidates. We're actually up to Baker's Dozen right now, so 13. Baker's Dozen. That's got to be good luck, I'd say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Malin so. Mitchell, he's running for governor of Wisconsin. Uh, what, what struck me about your race before I met you was, you know, this is ground zero for the actions against Governor Walker and what he has done over the past, you know, eight years. And you are a union member. You're the president of the Firefighters Union here in Wisconsin. Uh, you have been an activist. You've run for office before. And it, it just seems like the perfect counterbalance to what he's done in the state, which seems to be, as I've been hearing over and over, the petri dish for what Donald Trump is doing across the country. So what, what inspired you to run this time around? Well, you know, politics is not a, a spectator sport. Um, I, I got involved in it, though, um, in 2011, really. And, and Act 10, which is known as uh, the collective bargaining law that changed um, collective bargaining for public sector employees. Uh, I just became the state president of the statewide firefighters union. We represent about 4,000 members across the state, about 100 communities. And I had just took an office January of 2011. Governor Walker had just took an office uh, January 3rd of 2011. And then Act 10 came and right at Valentine's Day which essentially was the bomb drop, so to speak, on a state that really had one of the best comprehensive uh, collective bargaining laws in the country. Um, we were thriving. Um, unions were good. And we had a decision to make as firefighters. So we were exempt. So when Act 10 came out and they changed collective bargaining for public sector employees, firefighters and police officers were exempt from all the changes. Mm -hmm. It affected all the other public sector employees. Uh, so we had a decision to make, whether we were going to sit on the sideline and take our exemption, or whether we were going to fight and, and stand with our other brothers and sisters in labor. And uh, we decided, it didn't take that long to decide, but we decided to actually stand with our, our other brothers and sisters in labor. So that's how I got involved politically. Hmm. Um, and then from that came protest after protest, and I got to speak at a lot of the protests. Um, some of the protests at the state capitol in Madison, we had over 100,000 people there. Um, so we did what we thought was right. You know, now they call it solidarity. Mm -hmm. Um, back then, as firefighters, we were just calling it the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got involved in politics, and, and now I find myself running for the highest office in the state. Flash forward, we're in 2018. He's up for re-election. What has happened to the state? Well, the governor said to one of his high-priced donors about uh, six years ago that he was going to divide and conquer our state. Now, he got caught on camera saying that he was going to divide and conquer our state. He was going to first attack the public sector employees, and then they would, you know, you would divide them from the public sector, and which happened to some extent, let's be honest. Um, and then right to work would come, which came. Uh, getting rid of prevailing wage, which came. Um, getting rid of project labor agreements, which happened. Um, so he's divided our state. And uh, the governor likes to go around and tout his 3.2% unemployment rate. Well. It doesn't matter when someone's working two or three jobs just to make ends meet or when someone doesn't have a good quality of life. And that's what we're seeing in our state. Um, there's more to living, there's more to an economy than just uh, unemployment rate. 
And what's happened to our state is our, our the state is divided more than ever. I always say, and this is not a Mail and Mitchell original, I'm talking in third person now, but you know, Governor Walker gave the boilerplate for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I mean, he divided. They created an enemy. Governor Walker's enemy was, you know why your life is not good? It's because of that public sector employee is, is, is taking your job. Or that public sector employee is making too much money. Or that public sector employee has a pension. So instead of saying, hey, let's all have a pension. Mm -hmm. Let's have financial stability and have financial security for everybody and bring everybody up. He's saying, no, let's bring everybody down. So then he can give money and corporate don and donations, uh, get donations from corporations, give back that money in return. That's what's happening. Do you think that folks in Wisconsin have buyer's remorse now? I mean, with this wave of progress across the country and, and the clear uh, connection between the policies of, at least from our perspective, Scott Walker and Donald Trump. Do, do Wisconsinites see that? I do. I mean, polling shows that, but you know, polling's been wrong before. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> I mean, my God. But polling shows that there is some buyer's remorse. And mm -hmm. it's hard. Our state still is a purple state. Um, we look like a red state now, but we are a purple state. And as you know, politics is cyclical. But it's hard to run for a third term um, as an incumbent governor. Mm -hmm. And our governor has shown that he's not really interested in being the governor of Wisconsin. I mean, that's why he ran for president. Mm -hmm. He was one of the 17, which back then seemed like a big number, but now I'm one of the 13. So. <laughs> but he was one of the 17 that ran uh, for president. Um, and it, I think he was in it for about 28 days. but. Uh, he fizzled out, so now Plan B, or his contingency plan, is now Wisconsin. Now he's refocused, he says, back on Wisconsin. Well, it's time for us, it's time for us to turn the page. I mean, it's time for a change. And, and I believe I can provide that change that we need in our state. It is a crowded field, and it's now, it's now uh, in style for all Democrats across the board to be part of the resistance. You were part of the resistance here. You were literally on the ground as an organizer, as, as a union member, um, fighting against his policies before yeah. this wave. Was, what do you think sets you apart from the rest of the field right now? Well, I think just that. And, and uh, not to knock any of the other mm -hmm. Democratic candidates uh, that are in. I know many of them. I know them, a lot of them very well, and they're all good people. But I mean, a lot of them, where were they in 2011? Mm. I mean, when we were marching every day, and you're in Wisconsin right now, it's cold as hell here. Um, when it was cold outside and 20, 25 below, uh, I didn't see a lot of them marching mm -hmm. with other labor unions. I didn't see a lot of them marching with farmers that were coming because they were, they were getting cut. I didn't, I didn't see them marching with others, and we were there. I mean, the firefighters were not only um, being a part of it, mm -hmm. but we were actually helping to lead the charge. I mean, we had the bagpipes, we had our flags, and we had our uniforms on standing there with our brothers and sisters. I mean, we marched every day, and twice on Saturday. Hmm. No kidding. Um, the only day that we took off for many weeks was a Sunday. And it wasn't a day off, it was essentially reorganizing in a room like this, saying, what are we doing tomorrow? Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't see a lot of them. So that, that's what separates me. I mean, I, I have seen us throw everything at Governor Walker. We've thrown the statesman, our elected official, uh, a big city mayor at him. We've thrown the, the business person with the business acumen. And also that can do some self-funding. We lost. Mm -hmm. So I think it's time for a change. And I'm not running because necessarily resist. I'm running because it's the right thing to do. We need to throw something at the governor that's different. They won't know how to take me. 
and we have to give him something that he doesn't know how to repeat. We can't have just people standing up there being boring and saying the same thing and just rehearsing the same old tired lines like we always see. And that's why I'm running. We, we've been following you around all day, and, and we were at a roundtable just now, and I heard you say something about, uh, you were talking about infrastructure in Wisconsin, and, and you mentioned that the roads are some of the worst in the country. 49th worst. 49th worst. In the country. In the country. And, you know, you, you have four seasons here. And for those who may not be familiar with what happens to roads when you have four seasons and it freezes, they get wrecked. Mm-hmm. And the infrastructure in this country is, is not doing great. There's been a lot of promises. Uh, but what I felt, found so interesting was that you connected it to the mass incarceration rate in this state. Right. That Wisconsin locks up more African-American men than any other state in the country. So we're number one in that. That's, that's I don't think some, people yeah. know that. So why well, are they connected? What's the deal here? Well, and you saw in the room, um, we were talking to a predominantly uh, white male room. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're, you heard, but how many of them say, well, I never knew that. And they were taken aback by it. Mm-hmm. Because politicians and people that want to be elected officials, even, even want to be politicians, come into a room like that, and they only talk about what they believe those people want to hear. They tell them everything they want to hear, they try to garner their endorsement, and then they move on. Mm. And then we were at a predominantly African-American place earlier today. And they'll go on there and say, hey, I'm going to invest in your community. Or, hey, I'm going to work on male incarcer- African-American male incarceration rights. And it's just lip service. Mm. So everything we're doing is connected. When we talk about the state budget, well, the Department of Corrections is under the state budget. And when we're spending a billion dollars on putting people in prisons, and building more prisons, potentially, because we're overcrowded now, and we spend more money on Department of Corrections than we do the University of Wisconsin system, which is our college, our, our public college system, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how anyone, no matter what, even what side of the aisle you're on, how you don't see that as a problem. And, how, and it's all interconnected because if we're spending more money incarcerating individuals as opposed to treatment and uh, not, not having crimes of poverty mm-hmm. be crazy sentences over a year or so, um, not putting people in jail for minor offenses, not putting um, ma- uh, max, max security folks with minimum security folks, mm-hmm. and so now they intermingle. Now that screws these people up that were just trying right. to get a second chance. If we, if we spend more money, again, on Department of Corrections and our state budget than we do our, uh, our UW system, that's money that we're taking away from transportation, which is the roundtable we had. It's more money we're taking away from public education, mm-hmm. K-12 through education. It's more money we're taking away from being able to actually provide adequate health care for everyone in our state. It's more money we're taking away from raising wages and raising the minimum, minimum wage. So if, we, if, if people understand that actually the urban and rural divide is not that divided because, hey, what happens to the, the brother down on, on the north side of Milwaukee affects you and Waukesha mm-hmm. and affects the entire state, and we're all in this together. If you don't recognize that, I think it's a job and the role of government and the executive, the executive of, the, of, the, of the state to show why it, it matters. And one thing that I heard over and over was the number of jobs that would be provided if right. the state was investing in, in infrastructure right. and education and health care. And we have a lot of people that, that want jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we said it upstairs. A lot of, you, know, you always hear the, a lot of people on the far right say, we want everybody to you know, pick themselves up by their bootstraps. But they're not even giving them, not even, Screw the straps. They're not, they're not even giving them boots mm-hmm. um, or opportunities. So, and that's not just in the inner city. That's in rural areas as well. The majority of Wisconsin is rural areas. But there is poverty in rural areas. 
And a struggle's a struggle no matter where you live in this state. And if we can link and we can get <coughs> folks to understand that we're all interconnected and that this is a society and this is a, the state of Wisconsin all works together, and if we can get um, operating engineers, the carpenters, the laborers to invest, which they already do a little bit of, but to truly invest in, in giving jobs to people that, that need them and that don't necessarily look like them, but look like me, mm -hmm. then, I mean, that's a win-win in my opinion. You also mentioned Foxconn, and that's gotten a lot of national attention because Donald Trump has used it as, as one of his, uh, you know, achievements. The greatest achiever in the world. The greatest <laughs> achiever. I'm sorry, that's my Donald Trump. <laughs> no, that was good. Keep going. I, I call this chocolate Trump. But he's the greatest achiever in the world. You know it. I know it. I'm a very stable human being. The smartest. I'm, I'm, I'm like really smart. <laughs> but you know that. It's actually really good. <laughs> I've seen a lot of them, and usually I'm like, oh, okay, great job. You've never <laughs> seen a chocolate actually job. really good, though. Yeah, no, you could, you, I mean, if this doesn't work, Comedy Central, call this guy. <laughs> I'm the best truck. You, you know. should go on the Donald Trump show, talking to his comms people. I'm rich. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll meme that for you, okay. and then send in the audition tape. I can use some help. So. <laughs> okay, so you've got Foxconn. Let's get serious again. Yes. What's the deal with Foxconn in Wisconsin? Um, Foxconn is a foreign company that's coming into the state of Wisconsin that is getting a $4 billion payout from the state. Billion? Uh, $4 billion, with a B. Hmm. $4 billion payout from the state. And with the promise, really, to create 3,000 jobs. Wow. The governor will say they're going to create 13,000 jobs. Um, but really, the, the promise is no less than 3,000 jobs, or they don't get their $4 billion. Huh. Um, so on average, um, we are paying a whole hell of a lot of money per job. Um, and then we don't see a return on our investment. They actually don't have to start paying back the investment for 25 years or so, when, when, we'll, when we'll see the return on investment. So we're giving money to a foreign corporation mm -hmm. to come in and create 3,000 jobs, but we can't afford to properly fund education, or we can't afford to properly take care of the companies that are currently here mm -hmm. that have family supporting jobs and that leave, but we can't give them some help or some relief. I mean, we have, a, going back to education, I'm sorry, I know we're talking about Foxconn, but this mm -hmm. is so prevalent that we, we took, took 1.6, we, the governor took $1.6 billion out of public education in 2012. Now, and to come fast forward to 2017 or six, 17 budget, he put $638 million back. Oh, wow. He's calling that progress. Well, because, and, he, and he's saying, we're making record investments in education. Well, no, that's not true, because you've got to add first the $1.6 billion you took in 2012. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like saying, a wise man once said, it's like taking a knife, sticking it, sticking it in my back eight inches, <laughs> and then pulling it out four inches, and now I'm supposed to say thank you. <laughs> You know, it just doesn't work that way. So Foxconn is a foreign company coming here, getting a huge um, bailout or giving a huge money to, um, to a foreign company when we're not even taking care of our roads, our infrastructure. Is this cronyism? I mean, why, why don't oh, they go after some American company that's left yeah. Wisconsin and bring it back? It is capital cronyism at its finest. It's probably one of the most egregious um, examples of cronyism ever, um, at least for Wisconsin it is. Hmm. And the governor is, uh, he, made a, he made a promise to create 250,000 jobs in his first four years. He's actually not even going to get anywhere close to that in eight years. 
but uh, it's horrible. And I say we have to invest in, in people here in the state. And I don't think the government should be picking winners and losers and giving crazy money to corporations that haven't done one damn thing here in the state or haven't given one dollar to anyone in this state. So how do you bring back these jobs? I mean, the Rust Belt has, has been attacked for you know, 30 plus years now. And unions are much, much, much weaker than they were a decade ago, weaker than they were in the late 70s when a lot of these trade policies took place and companies started going overseas. How do you bring back the jobs without offering these, these tax break incentives? I mean, this is, this is what Republicans like to, to bring up, right? You know, you, you have to offer the tax breaks. You have to do economic development. And, and in the end, you have to privatize things or you have to bring in city managers. I mean, how do you flip the switch and, and create a progressive era in Wisconsin? Well, you have to invest in the people. And, and, and once we invest um, in our economy, and we have, I, I, we're going to have plans rolled out that deal with apprenticeship programs, uh, job skills training, uh, making sure we take care of our greatest commodity, which is our children, uh, uh, per pupil rate of how much we spend on education and making that actually an even playing field. And once you do that, and once you invest in a quality of life here in the state, um, then places like a Foxconn will want to come here hmm. because we do have some of the greatest natural resources in the world. Um, we do have a, a hard-working uh, workforce. Uh, we will have a great quality of life. We'll have great roads, great transportation. I sound like a broken record, but I, I, I believe it's so true. And I get back to the basics of, of taking care of people. Our governor, all he cares about is politics. That's hmm. all he cares about. We have in the state of Wisconsin what's called the Las Vegas loophole. If you come into the state right now, and he did this in 2011, if you come into the state right now, you can have your company here for two years and not pay any taxes to the government any state taxes and we have that in place right now but what about the, the person that's actually hurting what about the person that's working two jobs we don't mm -hmm. we don't talk about them they don't matter they don't have their own lobbyists at the state capital mass mm -hmm. so nobody nobody cares about them politics elected officials are there to take care of people mm -hmm. so in order for us to change our state we got to create opportunities where there're not any right now um, but we have to believe in the capacity for change um, and within that capacity, being able to have an elected official that puts people over politics, uh, that puts people over bad policy, even, even one that puts people over party. I mean, we have to work, in my opinion, um, to get back to what politics is supposed to do. Uh, you are a firefighter. I am, 20 years. 20 years I was fortunate. I, I got hired uh, at uh, 19 years old. I've been hearing a lot of this. It's, it's actually amazing visiting these union halls and talking to people and, and longtime uh, workers from organizers, union leaders who say, you know, I got involved when I was 18 years old. I saw a poster on the wall, changed my life, you know, career, career tra trajectory and one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Why do you think, um, you know, being a firefighter is going to give you a unique perspective, make you a better governor than, than others? Because I care about people. I mean, it, it's our job. Um, as firefighters, we leave, we leave no one behind. It's, it's, it's our mantra, as well as some other things we say. But we, we leave no one behind. Um, and as firefighters, we, we respond to those on the worst days of their lives. And we need someone who can listen to people and not just give them lip service or just talk at them and tell them what they're going to do and then make empty promises and not mm -hmm. follow through. Um, but as you saw today, I, I wasn't the only one talking. Um, 
And that wasn't for show. That's what we've been doing since I got in the race November 13th. Um, we're going to listen to people and actually understand what's going on. Um, understand what's, what, what are the ills of our society here in the state. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we can do it. Um, being a firefighter, I think, gives me a unique perspective in that I see people in all different types of situations. Um, I, I see the poorest of the poor. And we see people that are multimillionaires. Mm -hmm. Because 911 doesn't, you know, it doesn't have any color. It doesn't necessarily, emergencies don't not affect you because you're rich or you're poor. So we see, and I see, and have seen for the last 20 years, both sides of the spectrum. Um, so I can relate. I can say I, I know everything about it, but I can relate to what's happening out there. And I think that gives me a, a unique perspective uh, in order to actually lead. And that's what a governor has to do. You're a chief executive of that state. You have to lead your state in the right direction. And we're not getting that from our governor right now. When's your primary? August 14. General election, November? November 6, I believe. Think Scott Walker is scared to death? I think he should be. I think he should be <laughs> nervous. Um, I think we should put him back. I mean, he always talks about the private sector and how he could mm -hmm. make more. I mean, he said this. He could make more money in the private sector, but he does this, oh, my God, for us, because we're so lucky to have this great governor with these austerity measures, austerity measures killing our state. But, mm -hmm. um, so I think we should let him go to the private sector and make that money he wants to make. Yeah. And I want to be the one send, to send them packing. This is a very diverse state. You have rural versus, you know, inner cities. And, and the dynamics are, what we're learning right away, is, are, are complicated. Um, you say it's a purple state. Uh, I think that people in, in cities would think it's a blue state. And the people that we're meeting with would say it's a blue state. You go out and you talk to the farmers, maybe not so much. How are you going to unite the state? Well, I, I think we're more united than uh, we think. And we talked about the intersecting and how mm -hmm. some of these issues uh, overlap. Um, but it's about, the, it's about the issues and how we convey a message. Um, right behind us, Operating Engineers Local 139. This is a statewide union of about 10,000 members um, that previously endorsed Governor Walker, twice actually, um, in two elections. Mm -hmm. um, and there's many... Um, private sector unions that supported Governor Walker in his first two elections. We just met with some of them. Um, so it's key. And, and a lot of people ask, well, can the state of Wisconsin have an African-American governor? It's not a question that comes up. Um, and I, I say yes. I mean, if you look at the state in, in 2008, and not comparing myself to Barack Obama, please believe that. But in 2008, um, this state went for President Obama. Um, by 14 points. Mm -hmm. And then four years later, after all the attacks and the negative ads, we still went with uh, President Obama in 2012. So we can have an African-American governor, but we need someone. Our state, in my opinion, is still purple. We need someone to convey a message that resonates with everybody. Mm -hmm. And if you come to my union, I'm the president of Statewide Firefighters Association, the professional firefighters of Wisconsin. If you came to my convention in June, which you're invited, if you come to our convention in June, you'll see 200 delegates, and they'll be all, for the most part, white male. And I'll be the only person of color in that room. And they have voted me in twice by acclamation. No one's run against me. Hopefully it happens again. But so it's not about necessarily, I mean, we're better than that in this state, in my opinion. It's not about the color necessarily. It's not about male or female necessarily. We vote based upon issues. 
and who hits you right here and who hits you in your gut. So why do they do it? Because I talk about their issues and I, I, don't, I don't just talk about their issues in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, again, intersecting issues, transportation, infrastructure is an intersecting issue with male and African-American male incarceration rates. We already talked about that. It, they do are in unison and it's because we're all in this together. And I don't just talk about transportation and infrastructure when I'm in front of these guys mm -hmm. or these folks. I, I talk about it wherever I am because it's one of our core issues and it's something that if you have a job and you can't get to it, your job is useless. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's something that intersects with, with all of us. So that's why he did Great. You can ask the president why they did it, too. I think he's here. The president of, 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 of the Oak, union? Lock, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go hunt him down and find him. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thanks.